WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. What's up, Wrestling Minati? Do you guys like that name? Uh, honestly, I haven't received much feedback on that. Let me know. Email me. Uh, tweet me. Whatever you got to do. All the social media links and the email address, the website, everything's in the show notes. If you guys want to contact me, let me know how you feel about the nickname. Because uh, we can always change it up if you don't like it. Uh, it's just a name I chose. Like I said, I came up with it. I thought it sounded pretty catchy. Um, I don't know how much it has to do with setting the stage, but I really couldn't think of a nickname that could uh, that really went with setting the stage that wasn't already a, I don't know, a play off of a, another wrestling character or something like that. I felt like Wrestleluminati kind of sounded original. So, uh, so let me know what you think. Um, so I'm here once again for my afterthoughts of the weekly shows. Um, and, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that this episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you are a new or existing podcaster, Looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use code GBJones10, that's Golf Bravo Jones 10 for 10% off of your first order. Poddex is the hottest new tool for podcasters looking for looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcasts. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use code GBJones10, that's Golf Bravo Jones 10, for 10% off your order. So I'm gonna go a little off script here a little bit. Um, so I'm gonna share another personal story about the pod decks and stuff. Um, so uh, so the guy that runs pod decks, Travis, um, he used to have this <laughs> he used to have this show um, that he did, which I thought was very cool, very entertaining. He only did it a few times, and he did a few times like around the first, I guess, first times we were meeting up or we were talking at the first uh, first meetups or whatever. And he used to do this uh, thing with his pod decks. It was a, uh, I think it was called 20 Questions, I believe it was, I think so. And he did it with a few of his clients or a few of his uh, fellow buddies from the podcasting world. And I tell you what, uh, even despite my personality, you know, being an introvert or even having anxiety or whatever, I actually, part of me actually wanted to appear on that show and do the 20 Questions with him. I thought that was kind of cool. Um I know that some some of his uh, clients or some of the people that follow his group and stuff, they do kind of a variation on it on their podcast uh, where they do the five questions or, you know, they do the rapid fire or something like that. And that's what I'm kind of brainstorming here, too. I might want to do that in the future where either I ask a wrestling question from my deck that's on the Poddex app. Um, be sure to check that out. And um or do a rapid five or do something, you know, do something of that nature. But I, w- I want to kind of get into doing that too. But I don't know if I've ever told him that, but uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of wanted to be a part of that 20 questions type thing that he did with certain other podcasters. So it was kind of cool. But anyway, I digress. Um, so uh, also if you enjoy the content and want to support the show, uh, buy me a coffee. My, my link is in the show notes, and your support is greatly appreciated. Uh, one other thing, I don't recall if I've ever addressed this before, but as most of you listeners are aware already, I did experiment with automated ads for about a month. 
but I found that the ads were just random and they really weren't uh, customizable and I don't know, they really didn't fit, uh, I don't want to say my agenda, but they didn't fit really kind of things that I am as a consumer and I kind of like to keep things that way on my podcast. So, uh, and I would just rather promote stuff that I actually purchase and consume rather than just having a bunch of random ads on my podcast. So, so as most of you have probably figured out, uh, the automated ads are, are long gone now. And I'll be doing more personalized ads like like the Poddex ab, app, uh, like the Poddex ab. I keep saying ab. That's really weird. The Poddex ad that I just did and others from here on out. So um, so just wanted to address that, uh, you know, here at the top of the show. So anyway, uh, now that I've addressed all that, let's get into some wrestling talk. Um, so let's start with Raw. Uh, now, granted, these are the afterthoughts from the shows from last week so raw was what august 30th nxt was august 31st and smackdown was what september 3rd yeah so that's what these shows are um so i know just to get off you know get away from the confusion because i know sometimes i don't put this out to the tuesday after and by that time you've already had the raw after and stuff so i'm going to change things around a little bit uh, and I'll let you know what those changes will be in the near future to sort of avoid that in the in the future. So anyway, I digress. Let's get into Raw. So with Raw um, from the top of the show, of course, they set up some pretty good matches with a with a pretty good go back and forth between the Raw Tag Team Champions Randy Orton and uh, Riddle, Bobby Lashley. Um, was it uh, Damian Priest, Sheamus? A bunch of guys came out to this uh, to this promo. In, in fact, I think it started out with Bobby Lashley coming out, and then they were addressing kind of the Goldberg situation again and stuff. And and then uh, Damian Priest came out and call started calling out Bobby Lashley. It, anyway, if you've watched, watched the last week's Raw, you probably know this all this by now. But anyway, it set up pretty two pretty good intriguing matches, um, triple threat match for the uh, for the United States title between Damian Priest, uh, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. And remember, of course, Drew McIntyre cannot challenge for the WWE Championship as long as Bobby Lashley still is the champion. So, of course, the next best thing is the United States title. And in turn, after that match got made, of course, the match between Bobby Lashley and MVP uh, challenging for the uh, Raw Tag Team titles against Randy Orton and Riddle. Uh, so that, like I said, that produced a couple of good matches for later on in the night. Um, so I think maybe where I probably should have started with this is, is this Raw was almost proved to be a disappointment based on what I've read around on social media because a lot of the stuff that was originally supposed to happen on this on this Raw did not happen. So like Sheamus and Lashley, their, you know, their confrontation from their breakdown tag team from last week that was supposed to turn into a match this week that didn't happen uh the Miz and Morrison stuff which I'll get to a little bit later that was supposed to be a match on this raw and then Alexa Bliss you know they had her come out and confront Charlotte a little bit on the screen and interrupt her and say hello well actually she came up to the stage and they interrupted her but she was nowhere to be found on this raw so kind of just just weird so um, so they changed, it's like they changed Raw all the way around. And, and the rumor was, was that up to, you know, a couple hours before the show, Vince McMahon was not happy about how Raw was being laid out and he changed the whole thing. So who knows whether that's true. We'll see. I don't know. Lots of stories have been talking that that's the way it went. So I don't know. 
But again, it was re-advertised in a totally different format. So anyway, so um, on top of those two matches that got made, uh, we've had, you know, the story I just mentioned. We had the story with Alexa Bliss and Charlotte, which didn't continue really this week. And they've kind of had a bunch of the uh, the female superstars kind of bunched together. They've, you know, they've bunched kind of Alexa Bliss, Charlotte, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, or A.S.H. as uh, as almost superhero. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler all kind of into a similar storyline together. Um, it looks like more or less what they're moving into is that Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. are going to be a tag team. Uh, you know, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are still remaining a tag team for now. Um, and it looks like they possibly could be moving finally to a Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss singles match for the women's title. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so in this particular, uh, particular week, they had, um, you know, they still were having the tag team and the singles matches between the four superstars, Rip, Ripley, Nikki, uh, Nia and Shayna. Uh, but also Nia also got to take on Charlotte in a match later on in the night. And everybody was talking about this match cause they thought that this match may have had a little bit more realism in it as it went on. Like, the superstars might have actually actually gone at each other and it turned into sort of a real fight. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I see it. Yeah, I can see how people would see that. It looked like it got a little aggressive. I don't know if that's just because maybe they had a little disagreement in the ring. Now, they, they said they were people that said that once they got backstage, everything was fine. So maybe what that tells me is maybe they were just trying to bring out kind of a monster character in Naya again kind of bringing out her aggressiveness and uh I think also wasn't she taunted by her tag team partner earlier in the earlier in the night like backstage wasn't she uh you know wasn't uh Shayna kind of you know giving her kind of I don't know if it was a pep talk or something like that it was kind of in the backstage area I'm trying to remember exactly when it happened but I know it happened in between when they were going with uh when Baszler and Jax were going against uh Rhea and Nikki it was in between that and then when um, Naya met Charlotte later in the night. So anyway, it, it, it I guess it was going to lead to a match between Naya, Naya and Charlotte the next week, which uh, obviously we'll talk about next week. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm still on the fence about it. I don't know that it really makes a difference whether it was a real match or not, you know, whether it was a real fight or not. I mean, it's probably going to be forgotten about in a few weeks. Nobody's even going to be talking about it, so... If it was, it was. If it wasn't, it wasn't. That's kind of how I feel about it. So, um, so moving on, sticking with some of the female superstars, the Dewdrop and Eva Marie uh, thing that's going on the storyline. I'm not sure where they're really headed with that. My guess is, is the way this thing went this week, where Dewdrop kind of attacked Eva Marie before their official match, and then she couldn't fish, uh, officially. Uh, start the match or have the match. Um, I think this might be leading into maybe Eva Marie develop, uh, debuts a new ally or a new character to take on Dewdrop or Piper Nevin as I, I, uh, know her as obviously. And I think that's what it might turn into. Um, I don't think it's gonna, I don't know that we're ever going to see an official match between Dewdrop and Eva Marie. I'm not, I'm not sure if we're going to see that we may see a match, like I said, between Eva Marie's new ally versus her former ally, but we'll see. I'm not sure. Um, as usual, Karrion Cross, uh, 
still having squash matches on Raw. I'm not sure when they're going to move him into being a bigger player on Raw. Uh, maybe they're going to start doing some teases on it, but I think from from for the time being, it looks like they're just having him come out and squash a few, uh, you know, a few superstars, kind of develop his aggressive character and, you know, do stuff like that before they start throwing him into, uh, you know, I guess just, just test him out, see how the crowd reacts to him and stuff. So I don't know. We'll see, see how that goes. Um, now here's the other story we're talking about the Miz and Morrison story. Now, for some reason, I, I don't even know that we still know officially, uh, why Miz was not at raw. Uh, they were supposed to have a match. Um, so Morrison, I think took on Omos and, and got squashed. Um, so, I, I I don't know what they're doing with Morrison. I don't even know if they maybe they've decided they're going to call off the Miz and Morrison type thing, or maybe they're saving it for Extreme Rules. I'm not sure. Um, we'll just have to see uh, what happens with that. But kind of bizarre that you know they were advertising this big Miz and Morrison match, and now you know it's kind of an afterthought now. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, so so basically the the two matches that were uh, in the, so the, the triple threat match that I addressed earlier, that was a, that was a pretty good match. Um, not a, not a bad match at all. Um, I thought it was, uh, really, really good and, and really good to keep, um, sort of, uh, Drew McIntyre, McIntyre in a title picture, uh, match without kind of, you know, cause he, he did that brief thing from Jinder Mahal with Jinder Mahal. And I thought maybe he was going to be tossed aside a little bit, but now, like I said, uh, it's good to see that maybe he's back in some sort of title hunt, uh, other than the world title on, uh, on raw. So, but great, uh, great United States title match, uh, great back and forth. Um, we'll have to see what Damien Priest is next for Damien Priest, uh, going forward. Uh, but, really really great triple threat match and then of course they had the raw tag team title match um which really i think was a prelude to and i've been hearing this for a couple weeks now even even as far back as right after SummerSlam, that they were going to try to do uh randy orton and bobby lashley type thing uh until bobby lashley meets goldberg again which is more than likely going to happen at crown jewel so maybe, you know, maybe Randy Orton is going to be the guy that's in between those two matches. So we'll see. Um, cause of course, right after the match, you know, Randy Orton did hit a, hit an RKO out of nowhere <laughs> as we, as we all like to say now, uh, on Bobby Lashley. So we'll just have to see, you know, how that goes, uh, from now on. So that was pretty much it for raw. Not really a whole lot going on. Uh, just, uh, I, I think there were a few good storylines, few good matches and stuff, but overall it was, in my opinion, it was a pretty quiet raw. Um, so let's move on to NXT, uh, you know, talk about quiet. So this NXT, I don't know. You can sort of tell in these, in these latest NXT, uh, episodes since SummerSlam that they are kind of moving away from what they used to be and moving into a new direction whether that's a good thing or a bad thing I'm not sure yet obviously I'm willing to give it a chance just to see what happens I mean who knows I may not like what happens I may like what happens I'm not sure but I'm at least willing to give it a chance after they officially move into the transition just to see what it is and like I said then I'll make my assessment at that point so at this particular episode they had um 
Mandy Rose, who's officially shown up back on NXT, she took on Sarai. I think it's Sarai or Sarai. I can't remember how you pronounce that name. I have to listen to it again on NXT this week. Um, and a lot of people thought that this uh, this injury that Mandy Rose supposedly uh, sustained at the end, which was a kick to the face from Sarai or Sarai, um, like people thought it was actually a real real injury now it very well could have been I don't know it sometimes that happens like I said the camera has a way of you know not putting the camera on different things to you know just sort of sort of I guess conceal what the injury is or whatever but to me the way the camera angles were and stuff I, I feel like this injury was planned all along I feel like uh, just the way the wrestlers were moving around deliberately and how camera angles were going deliberately and stuff like that. I just feel like this was a planned storyline injury rather than a real injury. Just my opinion, just my viewpoint. Not saying I'm right or wrong. I don't know. Just my observation. Um, because they still continued on later in the night with having uh, her two... Uh, uh, her two now protégés were standing back and forth, and their names escaped me. I forgot to write them in my notes here. But they had them beat Soraya Sarai up late, uh, later on in the night. So that tells me that it was still scripted to go the way it went. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Um, who knows? Maybe they might do a good makeup job, make the make the uh, uh, injury look real. Uh, this might make a make a you know they sometimes put the wrestlers in the ridiculous looking face mask. So maybe this is a chance to put. Mandy Rose in a face mask or like what they did with Cody Rhodes long, long ago, uh, you know, stuff like that. Or even what they, what they did most recently with Sheamus when they put it, when Sheamus broke his nose and stuff like that. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, a couple other notes from NXT. Um, Kyle O'Reilly seems to be moving kind of on after the undisputed era era. <laughs> I had to put an extra era in there. Um, so he's he's going off on his own. Not sure what's next for him, uh, based on what we've seen from the uh, or based from of the outside noise we've heard from what the changes are coming with NXT. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Dragonoff made a promo uh, saying that he is headed back to NXT UK, which that also brought another uh, you know question up to me: Is the NXT UK logo going to change too? I mean, is that going to be in that all color scheme and all that stuff, or is NXT UK going to sort of stay the same as it is? Not sure. I felt like that was an interesting thought that I came up with is that, what is that? What does that mean? Is it, are they going to take that same NXT logo and just slap the UK, you know, thing on it? And that's NXT UK or is NXT UK going to be a different name now? Or, you know, what's, what's going to happen? There were obviously rumors that, NXT UK might go away too, but I don't think uh, now they, I think they've disputed that and they've said that that's probably not going to happen. So we'll see. But anyway, uh, Dragonoff said he's heading back to NXT UK to defend, you know, the UK championship uh, around the world, uh, but that he could come back to the original NXT later on down the road. So um, the other the longest reigning NXT UK women's champion. She appears to be staying uh, around Kaylee Ray. Um, and basically between her promo and Ember Moon's promo later in the week or later in the show, they basically set up a match between the two of them for the, for this coming week. So there's going to be a match between them two. Um, it looks like staying with the women, it looks like uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Frankie Monet, it looks like they're trying to move them forward in a in a storyline right now. 
Um, so we'll see what happens to that. I'm not sure if Dakota Kai and and uh, I forgot who the other young lady I mentioned. Oh, Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray is uh, still planning to try to come after the championship as well. So we'll see if Frankie Monet gets a singles match or whether it's a fatal four-way or a triple threat or whatever. We'll see what, what goes on there. Uh, Roderick Strong still building momentum to for his eventual cruiserweight title match against Kushida which we'll see what, when that happens down the road. That's supposed to happen as a match. I think that match was already supposed to happen, but there were some um, issues with uh, Kushido and I'm, Kushida, and I'm not sure whether it was travel issues, whether it was COVID issues. I'm not sure uh, what's going on there, but I think that Cruiserweight title match was already supposed to happen, but it has not happened as of yet, so we'll see. Um, and finally, basically in the main event, um, Tommaso Ciampa was getting ready to become a victim, just like his tag team partner the week before, Timothy Thatcher, um, uh, by Ridge Holland and company. But MSK, the tag team champions, came down to uh, assist in that, and he did not become a, uh, a victim of it. And we'll see where that goes going forward, because I know uh, uh, Oni Lorcan and was it Danny Birch, uh, who's also in that group. They're trying to get their tag titles back from MSK that they lost. So, um, so it could be a big time storyline going on between Champa Thatcher, MSK, and Ridge Holland, Peter Pete Dunn, uh, Oni Lorcan, and uh, Danny Burge. So we'll see what goes on there. Um, and finally, one thing I didn't write in my notes, but I probably should have, was that Samoa Joe, I believe, did cut a promo, and he's. He's wanting to know who's going to step up, you know, to challenge him for the title. And that could be another sign of things to come because, like I said, it seems like NXT is going away from older veteran wrestlers and going to, like, new talent rather than uh, sticking with older talent. So we'll see what goes. Um, It looks like this coming week's episode, which I believe is the 7th of September, Looks like this will be the last tape show for a little while, and I think it goes back uh, goes back to a live show on the 14th, which I believe is also the index wedding between uh, Indy Hartwell and um, Dexter Loomis. So that will be the first uh, live show, and we'll see if there's any uh, any differences now, or th- this is where the transition will happen, where NXT will become its new show. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, We'll see what NXT has up their sleeve in their changes. So uh, so that does it for NXT. So let's talk about SmackDown. Um, so to start out the start out SmackDown, uh, Street Profits became the number one contenders for the tag titles after winning by DQ over the Usos after some chaos ensued outside the ring, uh, which the Usos obviously initiated. So they will now be the uh, number one contenders for the titles and I'm I'm thinking that match will take place at Extreme Rules, but it hasn't made, been made official yet, but we'll see. Um, so this whole storyline between Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and stuff, um, I'm still going to stand by what I think, and that's that the bloodline is going to turn on Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman did get a phone call from Brock Lesnar uh, during his interview with, uh, during his interview with uh, uh, Caleb Braxton, uh, it was a ringtone that had the Brock Lesnar's uh, theme on it, and uh, and he was honest with Reigns. He said, "Yep, Brock Lesnar contacted me for the first time, and I don't know how many years." He said, "Probably a couple, a year or so, year and a half." And 
they were basically trying to figure out where Brock Lesnar was calling from. I said they, I think they mentioned, mentioned Saskatchewan, which he, where he's probably been spending a little bit of time during the uh, pandemic. Uh, Minnesota. Um, he even thought that they he might be there, uh, which I believe I think I think SmackDown last week was in Jacksonville. I think I think that's where it was. So they were trying to figure out where he was, but. I still stand by what I say because, you know, it's like Paul Heyman was honest with Roman Reigns and said, yes, you know, he did call me. So, and he's told him he was going to be at the Madison Square Garden show, uh, you know, next Friday. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, and, of course, during that whole thing, um, <laughs> Paul Heyman ran into Big E uh, dressed as a janitor with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, to me, I'm still going to say that that's kind of a – it's kind of a distraction to throw us off the scent. I actually do not believe that uh, that um, that that Big E is going to cash in on Roman Reigns. I think he's going to cash in on uh, on Bobby Lashley. That's what I think. Um, could be wrong, but that's what I believe. So we'll see how that goes. I I just don't know if uh, I think a storyline between Bobby Lashley and Big E makes more sense than a storyline between Roman Reigns and Big E. Like, I don't see a connection between Roman Reigns and Big E right now. I do see a connection, although a, an indirect connection, with Bobby Lashley and Big E. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, once again, this Becky Lynch heel thing is not working. Um, I think they're really trying hard to make Becky Lynch a heel against Belair by trying to dodge her and duck her and, and all that stuff. But, um... They're going to have the contract signing for the Extreme Rules match next uh, SmackDown, and you know how you know how much like weddings, you know how how uh, contract signings go in WWE. A lot of chaos, so we'll see how it go, goes on there. Um, I just don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to pull it off making Becky a uh, a heel. Um, so Rick Boogs, um, Shinsuke Nakamura's uh, partner in crime here. Uh, so what are they going to do with him? I'm not sure. I mean, he he. He and Shinsuke Nakamura got a pretty good thing going on, but I think eventually they're going to have to break him away. I know he had a singles match against Dolph Ziggler and won this uh, this SmackDown, but wonder what they're going to do. Are he and Shinsuke going to form a tag team? You know, boost the tag team division? Maybe is he going to be a single star? What's going to happen? Is he just? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I haven't figured out what they're going to do. He's, he's tremendously athletic, um, but I'd like to know how they're going to build him going forward. I guess. So, um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Seth Rollins and edge don't appear to be over. Seth Rollins had a match against, uh, Cesaro and he was going to severely injure Cesaro towards the end of their match. Um, but, uh, Seth Rollins lured out edge by going after the concerto and, uh, edge got stopped in the back later on. And, Basically, it set up a match for next week at Madison Square Garden where um, where Edge says this is going to be the end of him and Seth Rollins. So we'll we'll see how that match goes. I don't know how <laughs> what they're going to set up, what type of match it is, but um, Edge looks Edge can look pretty scary sometimes, I think, <laughs> when he's pretty motivated about something. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so we got to introduce we got to introduce with with uh, Happy Corbin last week. Um Happy Corbin is, of course, back this week. He's a guest on the KO show with Kevin Owens. Um, he brings out Logan Paul, which if you guys remember the last time Logan Paul and Kevin Owens had an, uh, 
had a uh, encounter. Uh, Logan Paul was taking a stunner at, at WrestleMania from uh, from Kevin Owens, and apparently Logan Paul did not forget about that. And he and Happy Corbin were shoving Kevin Owens around and stuff like that. So I don't know if this is going to be a setup between setup storyline with Kevin Owens and Happy Corbin, whether Logan Paul is going to be involved. I'm not sure. Uh, that's what I'm seeing right now. So we'll see. Maybe they'll have an extreme rules match. I'm not, I don't know. Uh, pretty entertaining. I, I don't think it was too bad of a segment. I was pretty, I think it was a pretty entertaining segment, but, uh, we'll see where it goes going forward. Uh, Naomi and Sonya Deville had another encounter in Sonya Deville's office this week. And again, Sonya Deville didn't pay much attention to her. In fact, told her to come back next week and remind her. So I'm not sure where they're going with this Naomi thing and her return. Seems like a pretty lackluster return. So hopefully there's a, uh, hopefully there's a payoff. Um, maybe she'll join the bloodline. Maybe that's, maybe that's the little breadcrumb they're sending us is that, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Naomi's got to go above Sonya Deville's head, which technically, as we've all seen, whether it's right or wrong, it is Roman Reigns in the bloodline. He basically runs SmackDown, even though Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville appear to be the ex- executives. Roman Reigns, you know, calls the shots. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, so, of course, your main event was Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. Uh, I think it was a pretty solid match, pretty, pretty great match. Um, of course, it ended a little bit controversial, you know, had a uh, – Roman Reigns executed a low blow on the on the kick out when he kicked out of the you know the three count. Um, Corey Graves kept asking whether it was intentional or not because uh, he's been known to do things like that. And of course, he slapped on the guillotine submission for the win. And uh, and of course, as the big the big thing was is is Roman Reigns was leaving the ring. Um, a red light, a heartbeat, and music started up. Um, with uh, w- as they're going up the entrance ramp. Now, I had to listen to this a few times a pack, um, and I know I'm a little late to the party, but I think people mostly anticipated that maybe Brock Lesnar was going to make a surprise appearance on, on this SmackDown show. But if you listen to it a few times, and it's very short, but it doesn't sound like Brock Lesnar's entrance music, even though you know they did have the red light at SummerSlam when he came you know, down the ramp and everything. And when when his music started, but it sounded more like um, the Demon King, uh, uh, Finn Balor's alter ego. And I got to thinking about that, and I was like, okay, well, that's not coming out of nowhere. They had been talking about rumors that he might be uh, returning that character. However, I think they made a big tease about it, or they they did a they left you a breadcrumb in the uh, in the promo right before the match. So if you remember, I think it was Caleb Braxton or who I can't, nah, it might not have been Caleb Braxton. It might've been the other inter- interviewer, but anyway, they were interviewing Finn Balor before the match and they were referencing back to his 2016 match and that he got injured and he had to relinquish the universal championship. Cause of course, as many of us remember or forget, you know, Finn Balor was the first universal champion. And do you remember what character he was when he fought for that title against Seth Rollins in SummerSlam of 2016? He was the demon King. He was the demon. So maybe he's thinking now that instead of it being the regular Finn Balor winning the title, maybe he has to go back to his Demon King to win the title. So maybe this sets up a match at Extreme Rules, uh, which of course would be a pretty good, pretty good setting for the Demon King. Uh, but we'll see how that is going forward. I'm not sure 
if they'll if they'll pull the trigger that early or wait for later on, maybe at Crown Jewel Survivor Series. I'm not sure. Well, Survivor Series is usually brand versus brand, so it might not be that. Uh, but maybe maybe they might wait till Crown Jewel if they don't do it in Extreme Rules. We'll see. So, all right. So that kind of wraps up Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. So I, you know, I know I'm a WWE guy mostly, uh, probably because it's the show I watch the most. Uh, but of course, I would I would pretty much feel like a fool if I didn't mention uh, something else that went on this past weekend after these shows were completed, and that was AEW All Out. Um, I know a lot of people were kind of surprised that I've started putting this segment on and off into my podcast about AEW. Um, I'm not going to lie, part of me wants to transition into just a wrestling show and not strictly WWE, but covering AEW impact. I've mentioned it many times, so I don't want to beat a dead horse. But anyway, so, you know, I actually didn't see All Out. Um, I didn't have the means to get the pay-per-view. Take that as you will. Um, But I did watch some highlights. Uh, I watched some, uh, it seemed like a pretty good high energy, pretty pretty great. I I shouldn't say pretty good. That's probably not doing it justice. Um, Seemed like a pretty exciting setting for all out and all out definitely let lived up to its name too. Cause they did go all out meaning AEW. Um, lots of returns, uh, Ruby riot, who is now Ruby Soho. She showed up. Um, Adam Cole showed up at the end of the night. Uh, Brian Danielson, who obviously used to be Daniel Bryan and WWE showed up. So, you know, it looked like, and and like I said, most of the matches were uh, were pretty great, from what I understood from some of the highlights I caught. You know, Chris Jericho had his uh, had his uh, you know basically last match, or it would have been his last match had he lost. Um, uh, not really trying to give away the ending if you haven't watched it, but I think most people who watch who watch AEW do try to watch it live. They don't try to watch it tape. So even if I am spoiling this for you, it is you know. It is well after the pay-per-view, so most people have probably caught it already. Um, but, you know, there were teases that Chris Jericho, if he lost his match, he was going to go back to WWE and stuff like that. So a lot of things going around about that and everything. So um, so basically, I guess, what did I think about AEW All Out based on what I saw? I think it was pretty solid. Uh, I, You know, I'm in favor of, of AEW getting bigger and getting better. And, uh, I feel like right now I, you know, as a, even as a WWE guy, I will say they are winning the, I'll, for lack of a better term, I'll call it right now, quote unquote, the war, but I don't really like to call it a war. And like I said, I'll explain that in, an, in another episode. Um, but right now, yes, they seem to be the better product because they've got the excitement. My only concern is though. Um, and like I said, I'll address this in another episode too, more, more, uh, I'll elaborate more in a, in a different episode, but, um, they, can they sustain this? That's what I mean. Can they, they everybody saw, thought this was the, you know, best pay-per-view that AEW has put on so far. And I'm not going to necessarily disagree with that. That's, that's here nor there for me to disagree with. I don't think, I, I, I think there's great, uh, great claims to that. I, I'm not going to disagree with that notion. Um, but what I see it more of is this is the twi- this is the turning point for AEW. Does AEW really capitalize on this? And this w- and this is what I mean by it. Um, and I'm not really trying to 
rile up any wrestling fans or anything, but what I'm going to say is, is, and, and honestly, we got to see if they answer the question. Do they ride on the coattails of all these big names that they've brought back in the last few months? You know, CM Punk, uh, Brian Danielson, Adam, Adam Cole and stuff. Or do they basically do what they've done pretty much already, I will say, uh, from what I've seen. Now, you guys can disagree with you want to. Again, email me, contact me, you know, tweet me, whatever you want to do. Um, but do they... Do they use these big names correctly? So do they kind of let them absorb into the thing? Like, don't let them be the the stuff that you ride off into the sunset with. You know, like continue to build your continue continue to build your stars that you've already built in AEW, but just let these guys just be added to the mix. Don't let these guys automatically become the top thing that you just you know, that you just may, you know, whatever. My perfect example, what I'll say is, is if, and they didn't do this, which was good, is, you know, the second that CM Punk came back into, uh, you know, as big a name as he is now, is, the night he came back into AEW, did he challenge for the world title? No, he didn't. In fact, he went, and, and no disrespect to Darby Allen, because Darby Allen is a, an incredible competitor as well, um, but he... He decided to wrestle Darby Allen at All Out. He didn't go straight to the title. He didn't go straight to the top. He uh, he had a great match, from what I understand. That Darby Allen CM Punk match was pretty good. Um, but just because he was a big name, he didn't go automatically to the title shot. And that's what I want to see AEW do. Like, don't necessarily like Adam Cole. Doesn't look like he's going to be in the title shot. It looks like, in fact, it looks like he sided with uh, Kenny Omega. That's what it appeared to be. So Brian Danielson, I'm not sure what he's going to do. I mean, yeah, he came out where when Kevin Omega, uh, Kevin Kenny Omega was out there with his uh, entourage. You know, that's what I want to know. Are, are, are they just going to bring these big names in and shoot them all the way to the top um, to the to the title picture? I, I want to see people earn title shots, not just because of what their name is, but because they had to go through matches, they had to do all this stuff, and I and I think AEW probably sees that and I think they they will do that and I think I think that's what makes AEW exciting right now is it looks like it's the land of opportunity whereas if they're WWE right now as it looks right now it doesn't look to be the land of opportunity it looks like it's a a place where part-timers are the top guys and your guys that are there all the time aren't being pushed so like I said and I'll talk about that in another episode as well so so I just want to talk about all AEW All Out. I, I think uh, from what I saw, it looked like an incredible show. Um, good for AEW. Uh, hopefully they continue to thrive. Um, and hopefully you'll hear more about them in my episodes uh, in the future. Uh, but i got to strategize that because a lot of people, I, I don't know if I should stay predominantly a WWE podcast and just add AEW stuff by calling it a, like I said before, a beyond WWE segment or something like that. Or should I drop the WWE name and just call it the wrestling setting the stage podcast, something like that. Let me know about that. You guys tell me about that. Uh, contact me about that. And let me know. Like I said, all the social media, all the emails in the show notes, let me know what you think about that. Um, so anyway, that's going to wrap up this episode and uh, like I said, I'll have some more episodes coming up 
later on, and including talking about the quote-unquote war between the organizations. And the reason I don't want to call it a war is because I think it's so much more than that, and I think it's not necessarily in this day and age. It's not a... It's not just two wrestling organizations going head to head. I think there's a lot of other different factors that weren't there when it was the WCW and WWE uh, years ago. So, anyway, um, so that's going to do it for this episode, and I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tag in and leave me a review or share the show with someone who you think would love it. I'll see you at ringside for the next episode.